0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds.
1: Yo! It is another edition of the Go Birds Podcast. A little different sound. We got to figure out the music, Elliot. I'm not sure if this is the right music for us or not. We'll have to. uh...
2: Well, yeah, maybe solicit some uh, some options for the music for the pod. As as someone that, and you know this, as someone that does not like change or new things, like cha-
1: <laughs>
2: changing the and I guess Howie actually does not like change or new things, and that can be a good jumping off point. But uh, yeah, no, as someone that does not like change or new things, switching the song up is kind of scary, but. I think it's also exciting. Like, we've been listening to some this week. Uh, The one we played might not be the permanent one. You guys should tweet us and let us know. But I also would very much like if there's anybody that listens that either makes music or, you know, makes beats or whatever. Send us some options. We would love to have the intro to this pod be user submitted. So please only send if it's good. No trash submissions. But I uh, I, <laughs> I would very much like it if that ended up being the case.
1: Yeah, me too. That sounds awesome. Hit us up at James Seltzer, at Elliot Shortparks, at GoBirdspot on Twitter. Um, that'd be very cool. Cause we're, we're still figuring that part out. It's, it's been a long time. So, uh, so we're excited about it, but all right, e, let's jump in. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the pod and all that stuff later. We do have a new logo out there. You might want to check out. We'll talk about that later, but look, we got to just dive right in. You know, <laughs> this is not a ease ourselves in type of pod. This is an emergency <laughs> pod because Jason freaking Peters is playing guard, Elliot. It's actually happening. The the narrative that has been for, what, three years now? We've talked about, oh, Jason Peters will move to guard. Jason Peters will move to guard. No, he won't. No, he won't. No, he won't. Well, guess what, Elliot? Jason Peters
2: is back. He's going to be playing guard. Thoughts? I love it. I love it. I think it's a great signing on almost every single level. Now, if you want to say who knows if Jason Peters will be good at guard— I would throw right back at you. Who knows if Matt Pryor is going to be good at guard. So, yes. Well neither, said. Yeah, like neither of them are going to be Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks was the best right guard in the league. But I think the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest need on this roster right now, prior to the Jason Peters signing, I think probably the biggest need was a veteran offensive lineman. Like people overlook the fact that this offensive line has had tie the last two years to plug into any hole that pops up, whether it's left tackle, right tackle, right guard, all those things. The best, free agent guard, uh, the best free agent offensive lineman on the market was Jason Peters. You could argue uh, Larry Warford out of, New or- out of New Orleans, but he only plays guard, hasn't played tackle. Now, I think Jason Peters will be able to play guard. That's It's a question at this point. Who knows if that will actually happen? I think the fact that he's playing between Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey is, and coached by Jeff Stoutland, this is not Jason Peters going to another team and agreeing to play guard. He's familiar with it. He has one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. Continuity is really big among offensive linemen. And he walks into a position where he already has great continuity with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So I, I, I love the signing. I, I love it on almost every level.
1: Yeah. Look, this is not a guy who it's like – It's not like asking Andre Dillard to move to guard or asking Matt Pryor to move to tackle or something. This is a Hall of Fame offensive lineman at the end of his career who has played a lot of offensive line in the NFL, who understands scheme, understands where people are supposed to be. And, Elliot, I think you made a great point. The idea that he's going to be, between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, potentially two of the four best players, five best players on this football team. With right. Jason Beard between those two guys, I mean, that's a... I, look, I, I have no doubt that Jason Peters will be able to figure this out. This is a guy who has um, overcome every physical barrier that could possibly be placed in, placed in front of someone like that. I mean, to come back from two Achilles tears, you're not going to tell me that that dude can't do anything. But I, I do think, look, I, I think... We've talked about this a lot, but it's easier to move from tackle to guard. There's zero question about that. I think everyone would agree with that. And, again, this is a guy who is an uber-athlete who understands the position. I think continuity is, is a great point. Just the fact that him and Lane know each other so well. Him and Jason know each other so well. They know tendencies. They know what these guys like to do. I'm sure him and Lane have worked together a ton. You know, these guys have all been in the same room together for years. Elliot, I'm uh. I'm actually excited about this move. I think this is a really good move. Honestly, the most surprising part for me, the, the biggest question mark for me was never, will it work? The, the biggest question mark was always, will he do it? And I never mm-hmm. thought he would. That is the biggest surprise for me, is that Jason Peters is actually saying, I'll move
2: to guard. Well, all right, so there's there's three different things, narratives out there that I think uh, are important to discuss, and we'll take them one at a time. The first is what you just said, this idea that he didn't want to play guard, I never understood that. I mean, he he literally said in 2019, and I have the quote right here, I want to play as long as I can. As long as I can do it, I'm going to go. Whether that's at tackle or guard, I can play all the way across the board. So when we've talked about whether Jason Peters will come back, I don't think it was ever super important to him to play left tackle. I think at his age, and frankly, with everything that's going on in the, in the country right now with, with COVID, if you're Jason Peters, It's up of the utmost important just to play somewhere you're happy. You're 38. You've won a Super Bowl. uh, You're a Hall of Famer. Like, at this point, you have nothing to prove. So just go and play at the place that makes you the most happy. And that's Philadelphia for Jason Peters. He loves it here. He loves offensive line coach. He loves his teammates. He loves Jeffrey Lurie. He loves Howie Roseman. He loves Doug. Like, playing guard is not a big deal to him. I really don't think it is. I think he probably thinks he's going to be one of the best guards in the league. Because if he was in his opinion, one of the best left tackles in the league. I don't see why he wouldn't think he's going to be one of the best right guards. So I don't think Jason Peters moving to guard is a big deal at at all for him. I just, I just really don't.
1: And I agree. Like, uh, look, I agree physically and and in terms of play, it's not going to be a big deal. And, and to your point, like, and the fact that he said that, yeah, it does seem like he's totally on board with it, but we've also had a lot of reports along the way. I mean, Derek Gunn has said point blank Jason Peters is not coming back to play guard, like word for word, basically. And and people who were plugged in, people who have, you know, you would think are getting things from Peters. Clearly, they might not have been. It might have been posturing. It might have been agent driven. Right. All this type of stuff. But it has been a narrative. There's no question that. And and look, I think that quote from Peters is is fascinating, and and certainly in light of the signing, is um, feels even stronger. But. There was certainly a, a belief among many that he wouldn't move to guard. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, so and I he mean, did. You're right. The- <laughs> you're right. At the end of the day, <laughs> right. You're, you're right. All right. So yeah. you know, it seems like we're both pretty on board with this move. I, I, from my perspective, you already said it. I think, I think it's a really smart move. I think it adds, uh, you know, at a spot where losing Brandon Brooks was something that we haven't talked enough about in terms of of the fact that this team as it's currently comprised, is kind of right on the line of being a a division-winning type of playoff-contending type of team. Like I think a lot of people like Dallas more this season. I'm sure we'll get into more of that type of stuff as the season comes closer. But um, I I think the loss of Brooks was one of those losses that really, really kind of took them down a a level in a way. And adding Peters, I mean, he's not Brandon Brooks, but it really does – kind of make that offensive line one of the strengths of this team again. I mean you're looking right to left, you feel pretty confident about this line heading into the season.
2: Yeah, I think you feel confident about it. I'm I'm not ready to say that they've solved the right guard position. I still think Jason Peters is a question mark. I just think the combo of him and Matt Pryor are better than not having him. Like you the, it was only three million dollars, so it's not a huge hit. I don't think like had they re-signed Jason Peters in March then you could say realistically, look, this speaks badly of how they feel about Andre Dillard. But because this is, they've let him sit on the free agency market, they only signed him after Brandon Brooks got hurt. I think that's important to note. Like, he's probably not here if Brandon Brooks doesn't get hurt. So I don't think this speaks about how they feel about Andre Dillard at all. Now, there's no question it's a benefit to have him in the building because if Andre Dillard struggles or gets hurt, you now have. A borderline, in my opinion, elite left tackle. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, only nine tackles in the league on either side of the ball, so left or right allowed fewer pressures than Peters did last year. And Peters played a lot. He played, I think it was 16, or no, sorry, he didn't play 16 games. He played 13 games. So he played the far, the vast majority of the season. And in terms of pressures, he only allowed 21 pressures in 13 games. So he played tackle at a high level last year when he was on the field. And I think that's one misconception. The other, the, the, the one thing I will say that's a fair criticism of Jason Peters heading into next season, and you hope it's not an issue, is the penalties. It just is. If by my count, he had the second most penalties in the league among starting offensive tackles last year. He had 10 and 16 game or 13 games, which, which is a lot. Six of those were false starts. I don't have where they are, but I think the perception that they came in big spots feels fair. It does feel like they came on third down quite a bit. So that that is one concern with Peters. The last thing I'll say in terms of kind of narratives out there, like, I get that the Eagles goal this offseason was to get younger and I agree and I think they've done that but by definition you're not going to get a young veteran offensive tackle like what you needed was somebody what you needed was somebody that had experience you're not trying to bring in somebody that's never started cuz that doesn't really bring bring a lot to you in what you need in that role so I think Peter's age at this point almost really doesn't matter. Like he's a veteran guy, knows the offense. He can plug in at two positions. Like, so I would I would just look past the age thing with this signing.
1: Yeah. Well, other than you know, hoping he stays healthy, I I agree. I think the age part is meaningless. It it, you're looking at this as a one year deal. However, yeah, you know, you're writing the sign you're looking at. You're looking at Jason Peters coming in for one year. Like you said, because Brandon Brooks got hurt. I will push back a little bit on the false start thing. I think that's less likely to happen at guard than at tackle. I mean, I thought it was – And it seemed like Pierce was always just trying to get out early. You know, he was always trying to get out a a half second before the snap, and he got caught a few times. Like, I just think that was an age thing. I think that was a – veteran player knowing that he could get away with it more often than not and taking the hits when he, when he didn't get away with it. Um, and I think a guard, there's just not quite as much of a need for him to fire out like that and get that position like that. So I do think that that is at least something we might see less of. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I think – and, and, again, to your point, too, you keep bringing up, and I, I do think it is important that that Peters – by bringing Peters in, especially now that he's playing guard, it does help you in two positions in a way. You know, you do yeah. – Peters is your immediate backup tackle now, and you're you're talking about a, a you know, potential, uh, certainly above-average tackle as a backup tackle. And, and look, I think he's going to be an above-average guard. I really do. I think that asking a guy who is – and you kind of allude to this before, but a guy who is this physically gifted and has played the tackle position at the level he has played it at for as long as he has played it at in the NFL, um, I mean, I feel like most people in that position
2: would be able to slide over to guard and handle that role. I really do. Yeah. And especially with his athleticism. I do think, though, we should couch all these remarks with saying... We don't know if he's going to be a good guard. We believe it? Well, like no, this we don't. isn't Yeah, we don't. Right, okay. So I think it's kind of like the receiver, it's kind of like the moves they've made at receiver in the way that they made a lot of moves at receiver this off season, and I think we're both in some ways excited about a few of them, but they have not solved the receiver position. Oh, I'm not so, I'm not
1: even yeah. that excited. To let's be real, if you want to if you want to talk about being excited about the receiver position, they didn't make a move this off season that, that excites me. Like I didn't want them to take Jalen Rieger. I wanted them to take Justin Jefferson. Like I'm fine with taking some shots on some fast guys in the, you know, fifth through sixth and seventh rounds, whatever. But like, I'm not super excited about those guys. Marquise Goodwin's not getting it done for me. So I
2: actually think that they have not done things that I'm excited no, about well- at the wide receiver position. Well, so I guess my, the point I'm making, though, is that Jason Peters is in that same group of, like, we're projecting. Like, if they See, sign, but we- I,
1: I would push back on that a bit. I, I, Yes, because he's never played the position in the NFL, but I, I am going somewhat under the belief that if he can play tackle at that high level, he's going to be able to play guard. Like, a, especially for as long as he's been in the league and understanding concept and scheme, especially being with this particular team for as long as he has with this coaching staff. I'm... Honestly, like, look, my what I'm trying to say with Peters is, I think he's going to be at worst a good guard, and I think he has a chance to be a great guard. Like that's where I'm at, and you're right, it's a projection. Like we don't know, it is not, it is not something we've seen with our own eyes. But I'm, it seems like I'm a little more confident in his ability to just step right in and be good at it than you are.
2: No, I'm confident in it. It's just not a lock. But but what I would say too, is ultimately if Jeff Stoutland thinks he can do it, then who who am I to question that? And I'm not uh, even yes. no, And it's I'm true. not even questioning it, but like, you know, if Jeff Stoutland thinks he can do it, then that's that's good enough for and me. And I mean just frankly.
1: logically the 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 guy that we know Peter is to be, it, you know, from a physical ability standpoint, and a knowledge of the game standpoint, like you would figure that that type of dude would be able to handle the role. That that's kind of all I'm saying. So, um, uh,
2: let me let me ask you this real quick. I I'm of the belief that this has nothing to do with Andre Dillard. Do you believe in that as well? I agree. I, I like you said before.
1: Okay. I am of the belief that this this has everything to do with Brandon Brooks. Okay. I think if yeah, Brandon I, Brooks I, does I not get hurt, Jason Peters is not on this team right now. That's what I believe. Do you,
2: do you think this impacts Andre Dillard at all?
1: Uh, not unless Andre Dillard lets it impact him. You know what I mean? If uh, if the simple presence of Jason Peters in that locker room is something that Andre Dillard struggles with, then sure, it could have an impact. But I, I don't think from a team perspective, I don't think Dillard should feel pressure. I don't think he should feel challenged. I think it's pretty clear that you're the guy, they want you to be the guy, and you just got to go
2: out and perform. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I don't think they'd bring Jason Peters in if they thought it would be an issue for Andre Dillard. Um, you and know. also, I, to I, be fair, like, they need Andre Dillard to, to be okay with it. Like, they're not bringing
1: in a guy to challenge you. They're bringing in a guy to start on the line with you. Like, you should be okay
2: with that. As an NFL sure, football player, it, you should be okay it with is, that. It is somewhat of a challenge because I, his replacement. I know,
1: I know, yeah. but, like, it can't be. Like, we can't do that. Like, you're an NFL football team. You have to be able to sign a guy to play guard if, you know, and, and know that your left tackle is not going to take it too personally. I think. I believe yeah. at
0: least.
2: I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that, again, the timing of bringing him in really matters. Like, if you did it in March, it's hard to read it as anything other than a shot at Dillard. And there were, of course, reports that maybe they were trying to trade Dillard. So I, I do think, although they're not as high on Dillard as they were when they drafted him, I again, I don't think Peters is here if Brooks doesn't get hurt. So at the end of the day, I I do believe this has very little to do with Dillard. And, yeah. and actually, I'll throw it. This is a good question. I asked. Uh, this is a good time for this. I asked people to tweet us questions and our good friend uh Casey has a good one. Ah, uh, shout out to Casey. All yeah. right. Where does Jason Peters end the season most likely to end the season at? Right guard, left tackle, or IR? <laughs> oh man. Most likely?
1: I mean uh I'll go I'll go with some optimism Elliot. I'll say guard first, IR
2: second, tackle third. Okay, I think right guard first. I think left tackle second, IR third. Okay, so you have more more belief and ability to say that. Well, with left tackle, I mean, you get two options there. Either Dillard falters or Dillard gets hurt. So with IR, it's just he gets hurt. And I mean, Peters hasn't been on IR in how long? I guess 2017 he was on IR, but he wasn't on IR IR in 18. It's a good point. It's it's a lot of nicks. It's a lot of...
1: Yeah, it's a lot of missing snaps, missing halves, and not necessarily going on
2: IR. Yeah. You want to guess out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years of Peter's career, how many seasons he's played less than 80% of the snaps? This is a great question. You said of the last seven years? Yeah. It's
1: obviously going to be lower than I would think. Um, I'll say two.
2: So he's played 80% or more. In that's what I asked you, right? 80%. Yes. 80% or more in one, two, three, four of the seven seasons. Okay, so it's three that he hasn't finished. Three okay. that he hasn't finished, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I guess 50% of the time, roughly. Yeah, but, I mean, and again, do, he's, he's an old man, comparative to the
1: rest of the world. I'm calling him an old man. He's my age, but yes. Yeah, well, you are you are an old <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man,
2: what a um, That was such he, a un, unintended self-own right there. Yeah, you really got yourself. Now, really do did. you think... You're less likely to get hurt at guard than tackle. Yes. Okay, I would disagree. I mean, not not a can't... lot. Not a lot. Not a lot less likely. I think it's probably um negligible. Well, you're around more people at guard. At tackle, yes. you're a little little more on an island. The guard, you're more like in the center, you know, type of position. Like so, I I think I think you're more likely at guard, but I would agree it's probably pretty negligible. Yeah.
1: All right. So to put a bow on this, and I, I want to get to something um. You had a really good theory, and it, it seems like look. Just to also, we haven't mentioned Baldi yet, which is pretty funny. I, I'm gonna guess that this is what Baldi was referring to. We don't know for sure, for look, sure, for but, sure. I, but I'm I feel pretty confident this is what Baldi yes. was referring to. Um, but we'll get to the other things that came up because of that in a sec. Because you had an interesting theory. If there is still something to happen, why it could happen soon. Um, but just to put a bow on the, the Peter's conversation. How much better do you think the Eagles are today than they were yesterday?
2: How how much of a difference do you think this signing makes for this team? I mean, it's hard to quantify. Like, do do it? Does this change my prediction for win totals? No. Does it make me more confident they'll win the division? No. But I, I think they're better. Like, their their fifty three man roster is better today than it was yesterday because Jason Peters is on it. Um, I like. Like I say, we should probably couch all these comments with who knows how he'll play. We're both pretty confident he'll play well. But I think they're they're definitely a better team. Like, they needed a veteran offensive lineman, and they got the best one on the market. So I think they're definitely a better team.
1: Yeah, and, and, a, and a guy who you kind of alluded to it before how much easier it is for Peters kind of being in a room that he's been a part of and all that and being next to Lane and Jason, but also for the Eagles themselves. You know, this is a, a weird offseason we're going to get to later. I mean, training camp. It's supposed to start in, in two weeks. Um, we'll talk about yeah. that a little bit later. Um, but I think getting a guy who uh, for the Eagles as well, getting someone who knows the room, who knows the coaches, knows the scheme and all that, is, is a massive advantage to it. It feels like a perfect marriage right now with the situation the Eagles in, mm-hmm. with the Brooks injury. Um, it feels like the perfect guy, the perfect spot. The only question a lot of us had was would he be willing to do it? And and you obviously had were less questioning that, and you were right. He's willing to play guard and – and I, I think it's a smart move by the team. I think they're better because of it. And, look, we always talk about the every-year thing, like, just protect Wentz, protect Wentz, protect Wentz. Like, it's a big deal in protecting Wentz. You know, I'm I i have hope. I'm hopeful that Matt Pryor can turn into a, a, a at, at worst, backup guard in this league or someone you can count on to, to go in and play some games for you or whatever. But, like, I certainly have no idea if he can play or not. Like, I feel much better taking the shot on Jason Peters at guard protecting Carson Wentz than Matt Pryor. So,
0: they're a better
1: team because of
2: it. And I do think that Baldy's tweet, which we can get into now, and he was clearly right. So everyone that's mad at Baldy can... Are people I mean, mad at Baldy? Well, so this is the next part. People are mad at Baldy because... He said, like, much Trump better think. or something, yeah, and people exactly. are like, I was so,
1: expecting Ngakwe like, like, or this or that. Or yeah,
2: Ngakwe or Jamal Adams yeah. or that yeah. type of thing. So yeah. And that did, that did not happen, obviously. But off of that <laughs> poor baldy <laughs> yeah, my,
1: my man's well, just letting us know something's coming down the pike this week and people go after him.
2: well and the funny part is he's like and i don't mean this as an offense to baldy it's not like he's not a reporter he's not shefter like, he's, yeah. he's a, <laughs> right, he's a yeah. commentator like baldy doesn't break news like what are we doing like right. give the guy a break and it's also very subjective. Like, obviously, Baldy thinks Jason Peters is very good. Yeah, and, and actually, if- it's it's a
1: good point, Alec, because I've heard him talk about Jason Peters, and he is a huge Jason Peters fan. So,
2: it's a great point. And, I mean, honestly, Baldy probably watches more offensive line play than any NFL commentator you can think of off the top of your head. So, he, if he thinks Peters can do it, and obviously Lane does, because Lane kind of followed it up with big news coming as well. But, all right. I do want your opinion, though, on the Ngakwe clowny thing. Yeah, well, you so. had a
1: really interesting theory on this. And you, you texted it to me on, I think it was Monday, and then actually wrote a story about it. It was a really fascinating thought. Um, and again, look, it's it's the excitement for this happening is somewhat muted, obviously, by the Peter's News and, and the Baldy right. tweet combo there. But um, you had a theory on... Why, potentially, and it's Tuesday, July 14th, we're recording this now, why tomorrow could be a big day for the Yannick Ngagwe sweepstakes?
2: Yeah, so this is the week, and like you said, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The deadline is Wednesday. Um, This is the week where players that have been designated under the franchise tag have to sign a long-term deal, or they have to play the the next season on the tag. So what does that mean? Last year at this time, we were talking about the potential of them acquiring Jadavion Clowney. Once he was locked into that franchise tag, the chances of them acquiring him basically ended because the Eagles are just not going to pay somebody on the franchise tag. It's a huge cap hit. If they if Ngakwe is designated the franchise tag, doesn't sign a long term deal with either with anybody. Like he he has to sign with any any long term deal by Wednesday. If he doesn't do it, he will take up seventy five percent of the Eagles' remaining cap space. Oh, 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 with, oh, oh. Yeah with a cap hit of around 18 million. I think it's like 17.8. So if the Eagles are going to trade for Ngakwe, they have to do it before Wednesday, in my opinion. Now, will it happen? I did like some poking around, and I would put the chances of it happening at 15%. Okay. That hey, is where i uh, yeah, Honestly, is where
1: and after saying poking around, that's... So the point is like, it's not totally dead. You're You're obviously saying I wouldn't bet on this happening, but you're saying that if, if it did come out that it happened, you also wouldn't be completely floored either.
2: Look, if, if there's one player the Eagles are going to make a big move for, it's Ngakwe. I like that. Like, I don't think there's much debate about that. Ngakwe is young. He is accomplished. I mean, you can make the argument Ngakwe has one of the brightest futures in the league. At, on the defensive side of the ball, like among all the well, yeah, when players, you're like, when you're just talking
1: age, position, experience, and what they've done already, it's a really good point. Yeah. Out, yeah, he's he's on, he's on a mean, short list of closer. guys his age with the yeah Bosa's. You know, there there are a few guys, but
2: he's probably on a list of ten guys at that age with right. with what he's accomplished. And, and I also think he hits a perfect storm of need and, like, position they value. And we've talked about this on the pod. But, like, they, they need a defensive end and they value the position. So the question is really just do the Eagles want to do it right now or will they just wait a year? Like, if you're the Eagles – and I'll also say I don't think it's going to take a first-round pick to get him. I think
1: –
2: yeah, I think it could potentially take a little less. Like, so if you're the Eagles, A, it's like here's the complicating factors. The first is the COVID situation. Like, so the salary cap for 2020, I believe it's 198 million. Like, I think, best case scenario, the cap stays the same. It certainly is not going to go up in 2021 and it could dip. So, the question is if you're the Eagles, do you wait until you know more about the cap to sign Yannick or? Do you say, look, we can get him right now. We have control of him. We sign him to deal and we deal with whatever happens. That's kind of what the Eagles have to ask themselves. And I think it's a little bit of a question of how much do they think they can compete this year? Because if you think you're like one of those seven teams that have a chance to win the Super Bowl, then you go and you get Ngakwe and you figure out the rest. I don't know if the Eagles think they're one of those seven teams, whether they are or not, and maybe they'll become that team, but I don't know if they are. The tough thing is they have to make the decision now because I really do not think they will trade for him once he's on the franchise tag.
1: Yeah. I think you hit on some super important things in there. First and foremost, just the the basic premise, and this is something we've discussed, debated all that all off season is the, the are the Eagles really in for 2020? Uh, you know, is this yeah. the year that they see themselves, especially after everything? How he's talked about it, how he's kind of, you know, said without saying. You know, howie has a tendency to speak out both sides of his mouth, particularly with this topic. With the, you know, I'm always aggressive, I'm always going for it, but also saying, hey, you know, we went for it really hard for three years. Now you got to rebuild that young talent and look at a window. You know, so he's. he, he kind of talking out both sides of his mouth, but I I think the predominant message how he has sent this offseason has been that, hey, we need young talent. We need to kind of push this thing forward, you know, and and retool whatever they want to phrase it as or whatever. And obviously they're never out. Carson Wentz is in his prime, theoretically, physically. Like, you're always a a quote-unquote contender in those types of situations. But I do think that when the Eagles internally discuss their – action plan discussed their action plan for 2020. I think that it was not a quote-unquote all in year. I just don't. I don't I don't believe yeah. that they're all in this year. And with that in mind, I agree with you. I think that with under the unless it's going to be the type of thing where the Jaguars and this is possible where the Jaguars are so fed up with Yannick and so fed up with the situation and know that and maybe they know that he's going to hold out or that he's not going to sign the franchise tag or whatever, Maybe they try and get what they can for him and the market because of the situation is so low that the Eagles say, all right, you know what? Like it's worth it. Like you said, to have this young high-end asset at a position we value. If he played any other position, I don't, I, I would put it at like 2%. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah, f- like
2: Jamal. Adams yes, Adams at that
1: Yes. Yes. Elliot, exactly. Yeah. So I do think that that is a crucial, crucial aspect of this that it's a position that they truly care about investing in young talent at that position, all that. But I still, I just find, I find that, and that again is on the premise that the, the cost is so low that it just makes too much sense for them not to acquire that asset and figure it out. But I keep going back to what you said at the very beginning of your answer. Man, the salary cap thing is going to be an issue. Like it's going to be
2: an issue. Well, I mean, it's going to be an issue. It definitely is. And I know it's something the Eagles are concerned about, but like, the the other thing I would say, and so I don't, like, 100% uh, know this, but one thing to keep in mind is with the COVID thing, if you're the Jaguars, do you want to pay Yannick Ngakwe $18 million this year? Like, with potential revenue That's losses, with everything going on. Like, and again, I'm not 100% sure how it works in terms of like salary cap money allocated cash versus like cash out of pocket and all that. But he's going to be making $18 million this year. Like that is not a, a cap figure. That no, is it's what a franchise. tag. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if you're the Jaguars, you already know you're going to lose money. We already know they're not competing. They already have a cheap owner. Like, I don't know, maybe part of you is like, you know, let's just like get this guy out of here. So I don't have to pay $18 million cash to somebody that's not happy anyway. Whereas Lurie yeah. Although, again, the same debate is up. It's whether they're going for it. I don't think there's any doubt that Lurie will pay for a player that he thinks will help the team. Like that, There's no question about that. So that could be a potential factor in this as well.
1: And, and let's be fair, Yannick Ngakwe, if you're, if you're making a move for Yannick Ngakwe, you're obviously signing him to a long-term deal in some form or another because that's part of the reason he's been so openly complaining in Jacksonville and all that stuff. So I, I think if you're acquiring Yannick, uh, um, you're acquiring him not just for this year, obviously. You're acquiring that asset. Yeah, it's for a the, It's a long-term, long-term asset. And that's why that's why I, I appreciate the 15% number you put out there because, um, like we talked about, the, the fact that they're not going for it in 2020 can, can be a factor in them not going for Yannick. But it wouldn't be the only reason, is the point. So I do think that... It, it is an interesting situation. And I, look, I do think Jacksonville does want to move him. In an ideal world, like you said, they're not signing a guy to a franchise tag who has called out the owner, called out the general manager, doesn't want to be there, has been very open about not, not wanting to be there. You're not competing this year to begin with. So from a, a locker room perspective, a financial perspective, like they have no reason to have Yannick and on their team this year if they can get something for him where they're not just giving him away. I think that's really what now, it comes know- down to.
2: And another factor of this, though, to consider is they did hold on to Jalen Ramsey for longer than people thought, and they ended up getting quite a bit back. It's a good point. So maybe it's a good point. So maybe they maybe they do sit here and say, you know what, like, you know, you can complain. Who even knows, honestly, frankly, when training camp is going to start? And I know we're going to get into that, but like, I don't know. There's in some ways no rush out once it gets past Wednesday's deadline. There's literally no no rush to move them at that point.
1: Yeah. And that's why, if, like, if I had to guess, as much as we're talking about them being motivated and stuff like that, my guess is, um, I mean, Shad Khan, for all his failures, has not seemed to have too much of an issue throwing money in the garbage. Um, so, yeah. you know, I mean, right? So, um, right. I wouldn't be shocked if they just signed him to the franchise tag, and we don't even know if he'll play or whatever, but where they just kind of waited out and let the, the NFL situation play itself out more. Um, and mm-hmm. then... Like you said, I mean, they look, they traded Ramsey at the trade deadline, essentially before it, but, you know, in season and got two ones for him. So, you know, trying to, to recreate that blueprint might not be the worst idea. All right, there's one more a- aspect to this whole conversation that we haven't discussed and was part of the Baldy conversation. But, um, we, we I mean, it's funny. We keep talking about, the you know, the idea of trading for, for Yannick, and there's a guy you don't have to trade for out there that, that nobody seems to want um, – What's the situation with Jadevi and Clowney right now? What are you hearing? And, and is his price just coming down? Is he still holding fervent on, on what he wants to get? And do you think there's any chance? Let's, let's
2: put a percentage on the Clowney thing, too. Where do you think the Eagles are at with Clowney? I, so, I, I would say, like, 10 to 15%. I think it's kind of the, similar, the same as Ngakwe, but I think the fact that it's around the same speaks a lot to what they think of Clowney as a player because it's way easier to sign him. And... The two things I definitely know about this situation, Clowney wants to play in Philadelphia. He wanted to come here last year. It's where he wants to be now. Like he would thrive here. He you know, the Jim Schwartz defense, I think would be really good for him. Like I think he'd put up big numbers here and all that. So there's that aspect to it. The other part is though, like, I don't think the Eagles have much interest in Clowney. They could have had him had him last offseason. And again, the salary cap, uh, franchise tag situation played a role, but they could have had him earlier on. They could have had him earlier on this offseason when he was a free agent. So I just frankly don't think they have much interest in Clowney. And so if you say to yourself, like, we're not that big into the player, then it's almost kind of like, why does it matter if it drops to 10 million? Like, 10 million is still a decent portion. It's almost half of your salary cap space now that you signed Jason Peters. We talked about how you needed it for next year. Like, taking $10 million of your salary cap situation right now could prevent you from, you know, like signing Yannick next offseason. So, I I frankly do not want Clowney. There's just something about it. It has nothing to do with the hit on Wentz. It has not like I just. There's something about him to me that doesn't scream the like dominant player for sure. So if it's if it's like four million dollars, I guess. But I'm not giving him ten million dollars for one year.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Eagles. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at too. For all the things you said, it does seem like. Look, we've seen firsthand the games where Clowney is dominant. He can look like the best player on the field. It's just you feel like it happens once or twice a season. <laughs> it's like not that yeah. type of guy who, you know, and again, like you said, look, if Jadevian Clowney gets to the point where it's a market of, of just no one's willing to pay him and he says, screw it. I wanted to go to Philly. That's where I always wanted to go. I'll go to you for four million dollars. Like, yeah, I think that's a spot where you just have to take a shot on the upside on a guy playing on a one-year deal, trying to get a bigger contract. Who's still young? I mean, what's Klein? Twenty-seven, right? So, yeah, um,
2: twenty-six last year. Yeah.
1: So, so, I mean, like a guy who theoretically could sign a one-year deal, dominate on that one-year deal, and then still get a solid contract for himself. So, like, it's not a situation where I, I couldn't see him taking that route um, I just don't think it's gonna get to a look I think that he's gonna stand his ground and ultimately someone will give him a one-year deal for more than what I would want to give him um, but it, mm-hmm. it is an interesting it's to your point like it is a really fascinating situation even just from from the fan base like you talked about like forget the one hit like I think we can all agree uh, you know we you know how I felt about that that hit. I was livid about it. I thought it was absolutely a cheap shot. It drove me crazy. I was sick to my stomach over it. But that doesn't mean I don't want Jimmy Cloney on my football team. Like I can get past that moment and move forward. It has nothing to do with that. But it does seem like the fan base, the team across the board, it just seems like everyone's in on Yannick. Like we are all. You and I have both said, sure, I trade a first for Yannick. Like whatever it kind of takes to get that guy. That's a guy you stick in for the next. You know, 10 years can be a great defensive player for your team, eight years, whatever it is. Um, it seems like there really is a, a lack of excitement surrounding and Clowney across the board.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There, I mean, there, there definitely is. Um, and I think it is the went hit to, to a certain degree. But again, like there's just something about Clowney. It feels like he never reached his potential And I think that definitely just kills the vibe when it comes to him. And again, I don't think it's going to happen because at the same time, like, yes, maybe if his price tag drops to four or five million, but if you don't really like him as a player, you have confidence in Derek Barnett, which I don't agree with that, but they, they obviously do like, there's part of me that's like, why do you throw that plan away? Just because the price gets so low. Like if Clowney comes here, he is going to be like a dominant part of the team. Like his personality, he'll be like. You know, on all the commercials and stuff. like He's going to be one of the faces of the franchise. So I don't know if that's a move you make just because the price dropped really a lot. A- I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I just don't know if, if they would want to shift their organizational plan because of well, that. Well, and also, and first, I mean, Derek Barnett
1: is, uh, I, the fact Derek Barnett's only 23 is one of those things that every time I hear it, it just shocks me because it feels like he should yeah. be so much older than that. But, um, I mean, they've put a lot of money into that defensive line for what it's worth. I mean, if you look at it going across. Yeah, defensive the line, tackle. especially <laughs> defensive tackle. They got three guys making over $10 million. Like, And, and Cox obviously right. making 20. And then you add in Graham's, what, like 13, 14, whatever that number is. I mean, you're talking, and even Barnett's, whatever it is, five, six, whatever the number is. Um, I mean, that's a serious amount of money already invested in your defensive line. So um, I think if you're going to do it, it's got to be someone you, you really believe in long-term. But it is just fascinating because Clowney does have that, Pedigree, the upside, and we've seen that how good he can be when he's on. But it is interesting that there's so many people who are not really at all in, especially like you
2: talked about the fact that it's just money. <laughs> you know, it's just money. Right. It's just money. And, and it- the the last thing, the last thing I would say about the these two players is whether it's Yannick, whether it's clowny the Eagles have to do something over the next year. What. Outside of just drafting, they they need to find a stud defensive end because Graham probably isn't back in twenty twenty one. Barnett's a question mark. And even if they both hit to their utmost potential, you really need three, if not four, really good defensive ends. And they have to find a stud one. They just they just do. So I don't know if it's Yannick, I don't know if it's Clowney, but whatever their next move is, it ha- they have to get it right because they really do need help at defensive end. Yeah, I look. They got no
1: youth there. They got no one you believe it. I mean, you know, I, I think they believe in Derek Burnett more than we do, but I don't, you're not going to find many fans who are all in on the Derek Burnett hype right. train and Josh Sweat, like maybe he's a nice rotational player. I don't think anyone thinks Josh Sweat is the answer. It's a great point, Elliot. I mean, they, and we've talked about it before the idea of how little younger long-term talent they have on this defense guys under the age of 27, 28, 29, or you feel are, are real pieces that you can a hundred percent count on for the future. That's a real question mark. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, and I, I I do not ultimately to put a bow on this conversation. I do not ultimately think that either Clancy or Ngakwe is coming here, but I do agree. I, I do agree with you that even though it is the the higher leverage move, the harder to pull off move. I mean, you just got to sign Clancy. I do think Ngakwe is is slightly more likely, just for the the kind of reasons we've talked about the belief. Well, and they like they
2: like him. Yeah, and they like him way more. Yeah. so they're more motivated to do something. All
1: right. Um. We did not do a pod last week. Uh, you know, we took a week off getting the uh, new setup and all that going. But obviously, we, we missed a week, Elliot. Like, <laughs> there, was some, <laughs> yeah. you know, was, there was some stuff that happened surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles. So, we'd be remiss if, if we didn't quickly um, get into that, uh, you know, kind of before moving on and getting out of here. But obviously, last week, we don't need to belabor all of it. I think everyone listening to this knows that Deshaun Jackson um, put out a, a post uh, last Sunday night. Um uh, two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, whatever ago, um, you know, I guess a little over a week ago, um, uh, f- f- misquoting, but but it, theoretically quoting Hitler turned out not to be a Hitler quote, and um, you know, obviously all that has ensued since, and um, the apology from Deshaun, uh the organization statement, and ultimately uh, leading up to, you know, we had some statements, lack of statements from some people too, um, was a discussion um, Malcolm Jenkins with a, um, a statement that I, I think rightfully so a lot of people had some issues with. Um, and then, uh, we find out Friday that the Eagles have decided not to dispense suspend Deshaun. Um, it will just be a fine and, um, they are expecting him to, you know, commit to, to doing all these things, um, to kind of learn and educate and all that. Um, what are your, your thoughts? Obviously, you know, I think a lot of, you know, we've all kind of talked about this either on the radio or whatever, as it, as it happened and stuff, but, um, you know, here on the pod, we haven't address this yet what, yeah. what are your general kind of thoughts about i mean look I, we don't
2: uh, why, why don't you go why don't you I'll go be, look, first I,
1: one, you, one. i'm jewish i think most people yeah, right. most people know that most people have listened to this show for a long time or or you know have listened to wip or whatever i'm jewish so um obviously i'm in that um group of people who um certainly um would be a- a affected by this in terms of um what to said i look my when i first saw it um you know, I was obviously very angry and upset. Um, I, all right, as this whole thing has played out, I, I'm a I'm a believer in the idea of educating, in in rehabilitating, and trying to um, learn first before you know, before you know, firing someone or this or that or whatever. I I support that as a general thing, and I and I I support that in this case. I, I do think that. I think it's the right idea to try and educate. I think it's frustrating because it's it's so it's so hard to reconcile that like let's put it this way, I never in my life thought that I would be talking into a microphone or talking to anybody about a Philadelphia Eagles player quoting Hitler online. Like I never that was never right. something I thought was gonna happen. Like I thought I thought we were all, you know, I thought the Hitler thing was like everyone agrees, like the worst dude. Like let's just, you know, avoid that. And and I do think that Look, I think what Deshawn did and what we're learning, you know, and I think it came a lot from ignorance. I think it came a lot from um, not thinking before acting, not thinking about the consequences of his actions. And ultimately, you know, not really thinking about who who he was affecting with his words. You know, I think that I think he was I think he was stupid. I think he um, I think he made a a grave mistake. Clearly, I think it was a a massive mistake. And I, I do think it came from ignorance. Um, And I I think that his attempts to fix it early on were flawed. I thought his first apology was, was flawed. I thought it was hollow. I thought um, it was one of those, anytime you hear an apology that is, I'm sorry that if this offended you type of apology, like that's not speaking to the people you offended. You know, those people feel a certain way you made people feel a certain way and you have to speak to how those people feel. And I, I, so I didn't, think the first apology was great. I thought the second apology was much better, and it does seem, look, he's going to go to Auschwitz, apparently, with a Holocaust survivor. He's going to go to the Holocaust Museum with Juliet Edelman. Like, it does seem like he's going to take this seriously and try and educate himself, and, and that's all I can ask for. Um, I do think they should have suspended him. I think it probably warranted a suspension. Um, but, look, I you know, I, I, I'm okay with them not cutting him. I think the Riley Cooper situation... And look, I think, and I said at the time, if you want to go back and listen, I said they should have cut Riley Cooper the moment it happened. I was all in on him being cut. Um, But I think that the fact that they didn't cut him, whether right or wrong, informs this situation today. Like, there's no way... to to look at it any other way. Like, the fact that they didn't cut Riley Cooper made it a situation where if they cut Deshaun Jackson, like, regardless of, of two wrongs not making a right or the climate we're in now being different, like, I think they put themselves in a situation where it would have been wrong based on their past actions to cut Deshaun if they didn't cut Riley, I mean, Sean was on that team. Deshaun had to come back to that locker room and be with Riley. Other guys had to be with Riley and, and, and accept him back into that locker room. So I do think that it is fair. Like, even though I thought they should have cut Riley, um, I think the fact that they didn't has to, you have to at least acknowledge that. And that has to be talked about. And I think that that certainly was a role in their decision not to cut Deshaun. um, so, like, again, I think, you know, as you can hear me talk about it, I'm still torn up about it. Like, it really, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you flat out, it's my least favorite story I've ever had to to cover, you know, since I've been in this business for, you know, it's uh, getting close to 10 years now, you know, nine years in the business, whatever. Like, I have, it is no doubt the least favorite thing I've had to talk about, I've had to cover, you know, um, outside of, you know, look, we've lost lives, you know, Roy Halliday dying. Like, there are some horrible, right, sad, right. but in terms of just a story I've had to cover, this is the my least favorite Um, but at the same time too, you know, it's like, there's, there's just so much going on right now. And I, and and that was my, you know, to talk about Malcolm real quick. My problem with Malcolm's statement was I think that Malcolm is right that, you know, we should not let focus be taken off the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that needs to be happening there. Like there is still so much to be done. Like we're not even close to where we need to be, and we all know that. Um, so I appreciate that part of the message, but I also think that he did it in a way where it was just wasn't enough acknowledging that what Deshaun did hurt other people too. And we have to we have to fight against hate. Everywhere, You know, you can't just say, like, this hate, I'm fighting against this hate, but that hate, why don't you go fight against that because that doesn't affect me. You can't do that. We all have to fight together. We all have to be in this together. So I think that that's where Malcolm's statement kind of lagged a little bit. But um, I think ultimately, um, and again, it's kind of a long-winded, I apologize to everyone. It's just, you know, no, it's all there's all a lot of emotion with this one. For me, um, yeah. you know, I'm, obviously I have family who were in the Holocaust. I like, guess this is, you know, an emotional one for me. Um, but I think that in the end, um, I think that it, it's starting a conversation is important. I think that Julian Edelman speaking out, I would have liked to see more players speak out, but Julian Edelman as a Jewish player speaking out and doing what he did was I thought was important. Um, and I do think that I'm okay with the Eagles trying to educate, but they, they need to make sure Deshaun does. They need to make sure he learns from this. They, he he follows the steps that he has promised to take. And like, don't just make this lip service, make this something where you really are going to learn from this. And you're going to learn that, that what you said was not okay. What you posted was not okay. You have 1.4 million followers. Like there is a, a level of, of responsibility with that type of platform to not promote things like Louis Farrakhan and hate and and this and that. And I, and I I just hope he truly learned. I'm willing to give him a second chance moving forward to learn. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with the Eagles doing that. So, um, you know, long-winded way to say I'm okay with the fact the Eagles are doing it this way. I just, I need Deshaun to really embrace it. Like, it seems like he is. Again, we have no reason to believe he's not. Um, but I, I need him to embrace it and move forward because this is a, he hurt a lot of people with this. And, um, it, it is, you know, it brought up a lot of issues for a lot of people. I mean, anti Semitism is a, a real issue too around the world. You know, if you're Jewish, you've been called names, you've been had things said to you. Like it's just, it's part of the territory. And that's why it's so important that we all stand together and fight because, uh, you know, no, like, again, Black Lives Matter is so important. It's so important. There's so much work to be done there. And I think that by. Not standing against anti-Semitism too, and against anti anything that it, that it can take away from what they're trying to do, which I think was Malcolm's point. I just think he said it the wrong way. So, in summation, yeah. I suppose I'm um, I'm okay with the Eagles educating. I'm okay with the the approach. I just had some issues with how it was handled along the way, um, but I'm I'm hoping for the uh, a, a positive you know outcome in the end. You know,
2: yeah. So. I think like an important context to view what Deshaun did is that I think Deshaun this off season has been really like motivated and by, by everything that's been going on. Like when you talk to Doug Peterson, Jason Kelsey, Carson Wentz, those guys, they will tell you that Deshaun's voice this off season when speaking about the George, the George Floyd mor- murder, murder, um, you know, the black lives matter movement, the protests and all that, like, Desha- Deshaun's been a big voice for them. So I think what Deshaun did, as weird as this can- says, as weird as it is to put it this way, like I do think it kind of in a roundabout way came from a good place. Like I think he was trying to do something positive for the movement that he believes in. I just think he just messed up. Like, so to your point, it, it it ended up coming from a place of ignorance because I I don't think that's what he he I don't I do not believe Deshawn meant to offend the Jewish community that I just I agree with you I believe I agree with you Allie. that's what I believe right but but he did and so what I battle back and forth with my in my head is like where does um what you intend to do matter more versus what actually ends up happening. And a lot of times with these situations, and take Deshaun out of it for a second, but just in any situation where if you'll find like a tweet from somebody from five years ago, or if someone says something on the air, and frankly, like we're probably more sensitive to it because we do talk and write for a living. So I, I always like to think, how would I want to be treated if I made that mistake that somebody else did? And I think that's why, to your point, Like I am almost always on the side of don't fire somebody because they made a mistake. And I think that's why it's important for the Eagles to have figured out, was this a mistake Deshaun made or is this something that like, you know, he meant to do. And the Eagles, I believe Jeffrey Lurie is a good person. I believe Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Don Smolensky, I believe they're good people. So if they spoke to Deshaun and believe that in his heart that he is going to, you know, educate himself and you know use this platform for good, then I'm okay with them keeping him. And again, like I, I don't think that you have to be Jewish to be offended by it. But at the same time, like you are Jewish, Jeffrey Laurie is Jewish, High Roseman's Jewish. It, like it if if you guys are okay with Deshaun being on the team, then you know, I, I think that it's a there there can be some positives that come from this. I do. Now, on a completely separate note. I would have cut Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson the day the season ended Yeah, you, year. Yeah, which you said. Right, you so, said. So me saying I, that I, that like keeping Deshaun has nothing to do with on the field, I don't think any of that should matter. I agree. I would just play the young receivers. So like, if they would have cut Deshaun because of this, I would have said, well, from a football standpoint, it doesn't really matter because I would rather just play the young receivers anyway. I always appreciate when people do something – where you give somebody, like, the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if Deshaun deserves that here, but my ultimate point is because, like, and Ike Reese said this, and I thought he said it pretty well, like, Deshaun has done a lot of good this offseason. He really has. And it's a shame that now this is something that is going to dominate his offseason. Now, he did it to himself, but I think it's a shame. In, in a way, it's a, it's a shame, right? So I like that Deshaun is doing, like, like the stuff you said. uh, You know, he's going to go going to go on uh, I think he's, where is he visiting to Auschwitz Poland? yeah he's going to Auschwitz yeah, he,
1: which is going like the, Auschwitz. the main concentrate like the biggest concentration right
2: game. yeah right 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 um so I, I hopefully some good comes from it it's all I can say I, I do believe though that like the Eagles like I don't think it's a lock to on the roster in week one like I think he's one more slip up away from being off the team especially with this with this it, if it's related to this type of situation and so that's that's kind of, I guess, where I land on it. Um, you know, I, I hope that people listening know that, you know, we clearly condemn what he said. Like, this isn't us trying to justify it, just kind of looking at it from all angles and just kind of how you feel about it. And I would say that, you know, I would, yeah, I just, I think it's a, it's a complicated situation and ultimately in these situations, you kind of just have to trust that the people making the decisions have the best intentions. And I do believe that's the case with Jeffrey Laurie. I mean, the guy... Just had a movie come out that said the meaning of hitler so like the
1: timing it, of which is
2: it's if if, yeah. if you're a uh that was a big argument for that we're living in a simulation
1: people that the day it's, all this stuff was happening out of chapter tweets that out a movie that has been in the work
2: for three years or whatever it was like come on man really
1: yeah. is it's, it really it's <laughs>
2: truly, truly unbelievable yeah. i mean with the riley cooper thing like they should have cut riley cooper when that happened um I think there's also an argument to be made though, that like two wrongs don't make a right. Like just because the Eagles made that decision with Riley Cooper. Like if, I don't know if another white player came out and used a racial slur, does that mean they shouldn't? No, cut look, him? I'm like, with you. I agree. I, I, I think they made a mistake. Not to let that bad decision. Agreed. impact. agree. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I
1: agree with you. I, I, I think it did impact. And I look, I understand why, but um, I'm with you. I don't think it's the right move to let it impact, but, ultimately and again certainly not i mean i literally i'm sick i I, when i think about what deshaun posted and the amount of people who saw it and and that there are people who do believe it like i I agree with you i think that's what's so dangerous with what deshaun posted too is that is that I, i agree with you that i think deshaun it was posted out of ignorance and stupidity and again you know you hope it's stupidity like ultimately like you said because if it's not then then it's a worst case scenario it's then then there is actual hate in his heart or whatever which again i don't believe to be the case but it is monumental stupidity to post something like yes. that like the, a, a, like as stupid an athlete move as i have ever seen in terms of uh, i mean the first word on the page is, is hitler. hitler and, and the, the last hitler, it opens yeah. with hitler says and it ends with hitler was right like pretty hard not to know to 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 know that that is something that you should not post at any time ever like it's not that hard but I do think it came from from ignorance and not thinking and all that and and you know you hope he learned a lesson you hope he learned a lesson about that but you also hope that he learns what how and why what he posted is so evil and offensive and the message of what he posted and why it is wrong as much as the fact that posting it you're in the act of posting it was wrong but also why what you posted was wrong i think Mm -hmm. that's what deshaun has to learn from this
2: situation and look you don't want to compare like situations to situations like the the Riley Cooper situation to the Deshaun situation to the Michael Vick situation. Like they're all very different. Right. And I don't want to compare the three, but one way I do think you can compare. And I think it might've been Bo wolf of the athletic that made this point. I I thought it was a a good one. And I would just piggy off piggyback off it and say like when the Eagles brought in Michael Vick, they made sure that he backed up his words of saying, I'm going to learn from what I did. I'm going to help the, the uh, cause I guess of, you know, protecting animal brutality and walk the walk. Like, He did that. Like, I covered Michael Vick. I mean, I covered events where he went into Philly and talked to kids and all that. Like, Michael Vick was – I didn't know him in Atlanta, but being around him in Philly, you could tell what he did impacted him, and it impacted him for the better, even though it was something terrible. And I think all you can do is hope, and I think Deshaun's showing early signs, is that the Eagles know how to – Go about this in that way. They know if someone's being genuine. They know if they're really backing up what they said they would do. And early on, Deshaun is doing that. And it's, you know, it's a long term thing. Vic was here for multiple years and was the same level of committed the day he got here as he was the day he left, right? So I just hope that's the same thing with Deshaun. And the Eagles will be able to tell if that's the case. Yeah,
1: it's a great point. And I do think, look, I was working for the team back then and Michael Vick, like, absolutely walked the walk. Like, you could tell that he had learned from what happened to him. And look, he's lived his life that way since, you know, I mean, Michael Vick has done a really good job of, of rehabilitating and, and learning and changing. And, you know, again, for all that's going on in the world and, and all that, you know, all the, the problems that we have, you know, racially and this, and obviously COVID and all stuff, like, I just think that when we can, can lead with empathy, when we can try and be empathetic and, and again, certain things don't deserve empathy. Certain things are evil. You know, you mentioned it before George Floyd was murdered flat out, like in, in an evil un you know, unexplainable evil type of way. Some things are are just that. But I think that in a lot of cases, you know, leading with empathy and, and being empathetic first and, and trying to figure out why and, and, loving rather than hating um can really can go a long way um all right uh e man this is fun uh training camp is is supposed to be two weeks from today elliot like we are we are yeah. two weeks from today in theory players will be showing up in Novacare. care um where are you kind of out with this it's been a crazy couple weeks obviously certainly the deshaun stuff made it really crazy to discuss the team and stuff but now the jason peters signing kind of bringing it back more towards the field towards football where you at on in a macro sense like literally two weeks from today is when
2: training camp is supposed to open which is normally like training camp is without question my favorite part of the year i enjoy it more than the season i enjoy it more than covering <laughs> you games are, like, you are I enjoy alone in that my friend like, i fucking love training camp right so so, for me, this is a major buzzkill that this is going to happen. In the grand scheme of things, it's not then, like, it's there's far it's not more. Not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah.
0: Of course. Yeah.
2: Although, one thing I will say to everybody that tweets, like, well, we shouldn't be playing sports, it's just a game. Like, I think that's a naive way of looking at it. The NFL is a multi billion dollar business that has. Tons of people dependent on them upon play. Absolutely. Not just people who work for them. Like restaurants, like frankly, I mean not us so much, because we'll be fine, hopefully, knock on wood. But like, you know, like sports, like there's a lot going on with it.
1: Well, and also also culturally, like sports bring people together, sports provide a distraction, they provide entertainment. And ultimately, well, look, I, I agree that it's nerve wracking and 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 scary to think about options and what could happen on stuff like These people are making the decision to do this like they it is their decision to do it and they're getting paid a lot of money for it across the board and and teams are making money and all that like I I do think that I I get that argument and look we'll see what happens maybe those people are right and it's just not going to work but I I fully support the attempt to try and make it work because I do think that for a lot of people it is meaningful it's not just it's not just
2: nothing you know. Well, so, and you've, I mean, you just went through covering this on a closer scale than I did, but like, obviously with the high hopes pod and just all the and baseball stuff, like let's not fool ourselves. The issue here is money. Just like it was with baseball. Like if training camp does not start in two weeks, it will be because there is some type of discrepancy between the NFL and the NFL PA when it comes to money. I mean, that was one of the craziest things about baseball was they did not start late because of COVID concerns. They started late because they couldn't agree upon financial terms. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of that. And the thing with baseball I mean, look, I heard you talk about it. I heard people call to the station all the time and talk about it. Like, it annoyed them that it was take, It was a public battle, right? Like, it was this report versus that report, this comment versus that comment. Like, it could – that could happen with the NFL because the NFL is the biggest sport. It's the biggest league in the world, right? I mean, you could, I argue, argue the Premier League overseas. But certainly in the country it is. Uh, it's probably the – it's without question the most reported on sport in the world. So – if if things get ugly, like it will get to that level of what it was with baseball. Now the only difference is the NFLPA is not the strongest union in the world. No, so and I certainly do not,
1: not if, the MLBPA, which potentially right. is the
2: strongest union in the world. Right, right. So I, I I believe training camp will open on time. If it's not on time, I think it'll be like within a few days. I think just what training camp and maybe the season is going to be. And I don't know if this is right, wrong, whatever. I'm just predicting how it's going to play out. Players are going to test positive and you're going to see people like, you know, on NFL Live just talking about, wow, the Eagles are playing without Zach Ertz and uh Miles Sanders because they have COVID. But that means it's Boston Scott's turn to step up. Like that's, I just think that's how it's going to be portrayed. Um, and I think they'll just keep things rolling. I just do. Now, I don't think you look, I want everybody to be safe. You can argue whether it's the right way to go about it, but I think of all four sports, the NFL is the most set up like financially and also just how they run things to just put up, to just deal with the fact that players are going to get it and just keep the ball.
1: Yeah, no, that's kind of what the NFL always does, right? I mean, they've always, I mean, the football is already a dangerous game to play. You know, the NFL already just kind of keeps trolling. That's what happens up concussion this week. He's not playing time to step up. I mean, it's actually really a very similar type of thing, just with a, a scary type of, of thing to it. You know what I mean? So, Um, I agree with you. Uh, And look, we'll talk more about it next week and kind of dive into more specifics as we start to get close and like start to see, you know, and I do think, look, I think to your point the 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 thing to pay attention to in terms of if football is going to start on time, how it's all going to play out is. Is the the escrow discussions, the discussion between the NFL and the NFLPA, and all that type of stuff, the salary cap, like Elliot was talking about earlier, like that's all the stuff that's truly going to decide it. It is, you know, we want it to be the health and safety, yeah. like with baseball. Like again, perfect example. The whole time, but all that matters is health and safety. Just as long as they're healthy and safe. Like as long as, oh, but we have to wait three and a half months, not for health and safety. They could bang that health and safety protocols out in no time. It's everything else. And granted, they are not doing a great job of you know, administering the health and safety so far, but it's always been about money. It just is what it is. You're lying to yourself, you didn't think it was about money, so I think with the NFL it's probably very similar.
2: And one thing from talking to somebody this week, and we talked about a little bit with Yannick and Clowney in terms of the the salary cap dropping, but that is something that's being discussed now is in in this reboot to start, to start football back up. Like how will they handle the revenue losses? And one thing to consider is if the salary cap drops dramatically next year, like let's say the salary cap drops 50 million, like some speculated it could, the NFL does not want that because that means teams all across the league, not one or two teams, all across the league, teams are going to have to cut star players. They're going to be like a mass exodus Great point. of players being released. And that is a not a PR hit that the that not just the Eagles, obviously, but the entire league does not want. So I think that they will get something worked out with the finances. I, I do. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, even just tr- covering training camp, but I think we talked about maybe doing a whole episode on this, but like – Covering training camps could be different. Like, I don't know if I'm able to take quarterback stats. Like, how devastating is that for the entire oh, world? Oh, man. Like, I, I think, say it's probably the first thing
1: people of, thought about.
2: Yeah, I got four years of Carson Wentz quarterback stats. And in 12 years when he retires or whatever, am I going to be missing 2020? Like, it's just devastating to think about. So oh, we shall see. Man. what
1: are we, we going to do here? We see how it looks.
2: I know it's sad, but oh, 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 oh. it is crazy. It's only two weeks away. Like soon, man, I guess I'll be going to the care every day. I don't, I, I don't we don't know.
1: They, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know how the media is going to be allowed and what's going to happen. It's going to be fascinating.
2: Well, I do know we'll have fire pods all the time. Wow. That's the one. I th- mean, come on, dude. It's an absolute. New logo. Check
1: out our new logo. You probably yes. are looking at it if you're looking at the podcast on your phone right now. I think. And although
2: hoping. I do want your honest feedback about the logo, I know me and you both really like it. So maybe if you don't like it, just keep that to yourself because we're both really excited. Yeah. About it. So please. Uh,
1: uh, I mean, you know. Look, look you uh, here, honest, here, here's, it here, here. here let, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. If you want to be overly mean, if you just have to get it out of your system, if it's just one of those things where like you gotta say, right. "Oh my God, this this looks like crap," I have to say it. Tweet it at me. I don't check my mentions. Yeah, that's perfect. Just, yeah. Tell, tell me, that. tell yeah. me, come, come at me.
2: Leave Elliot out of it, and we'll be good. Here's what I would say: like the hierarchy of how you should handle if you want to be mean to one of us. If it's mean about the pod in general, tweet it to James. Yes. If it's mean, if it's mean about me, just DM me. I'll read it. I'll probably respond. Just don't leave a mean review on the pod because those hurt my feelings the most. They do. So maybe they make Elliot's yeah. Yeah, they really do. So like I would say that would be the hierarchy of how you would like to yeah. give feedback. Come you at me. I'll never see it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, James can handle <laughs> it. He's much more of a man than me. No,
0: I have no problem. Yeah,
1: I'll probably end up seeing it like a week after you send it and I'll be like, eh, I'm sorry. And he probably honestly <laughs>
2: won't even understand what it means. Yeah, so, so like it's
1: fine. Just tweet it at him. But I hope you guys like the logo because I think it looks pretty good. I'm cool. excited about it. And look, we got a lot of fun stuff. We're gonna we're gonna you know, we're gonna have fun with this. I'm I'm really excited about the future and um what this yeah. pod is going to be and we'll be here for you um you know once a week and then as we get closer hopefully um we'll talk about two two a week and um potentially uh maybe some uh, news about uh being back
2: on uh WIP, Radio.
1: wip in the near future as well so we'll
2: Keep that coming your way. Uh, also, don't call and be mean. That would be, I guess, the ultimate one. Don't call into oh, go Birds. And well, be, yeah.
1: I, mean, I guess you, you could, could call and bait. Yeah. Just
2: don't be mean. Yeah, call it. I'll, yeah. I'll
1: take it. You can call and be mean to me. I'm right. fine with it. That's fine. Be nice, to, my, be nice to Elliot. Yeah. Be mean to me. We'll, we'll, we'll figure here it we out. There we go. I appreciate, I appreciate you protecting. <laughs> I got you, buddy. That's what we do here. You know, we're a team. My
0: hero. Yeah, we're a team. My
2: hero.
1: Uh, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here?
2: Yeah, so this is obviously unrelated to everything else, but I bought – a $40 like thermos, like mug situation. And let me tell you, having like really cold water all the time, it's just, it's, I'm like floored every time I pick it up and it's still cold. It's just such an amazing <laughs> gift. So if you've never, like I enjoy big glasses of water and my girlfriend gets mad at me because I'll leave them around. And then the condensation drips off of the cup, like onto the table wherever I leave it. So I got the mug and Elliot, can you hear I would this? Just,
1: can you hear this? This is the giant glass of water that I have with me when I do this podcast. Yeah. So I co-sign. It is a giant glass. I, 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 too, especially when I'm, like, home and hanging, you know, I need, I need yeah. a well, big glass you, the of nice water.
2: About the, and the nice thing about the mug is I just – I carry it with me all around the house. So – and I guess you could do that with a glass of water, too. But it just feels – it just hits different with a mug. That's all I could say. It's so different. anybody – Anybody listening, like, go buy a really nice mug. You'll appreciate it. It's a
1: good take. All right, uh, I will. Uh, I, I've said this before. Uh, I'm gonna say it again. Not on this show. That's why I'm saying it again. Because if you just listen to Go Birds, you listen right. to WIP or ups or anything. I have to say it because, um, it's. I think Hamilton is one of the great things that have has ever happened in my lifetime. Uh, I can't believe it's taken me this long to see it. It's on Disney Plus, the the movie version of the show or whatever. It is legitimately among the greatest things that I have ever seen in my lifetime. I think it is one of the few works of true unequivocal
2: genius that I've ever seen. Go watch Hamilton. Okay. So all right. So I have I have two takes off of can't that wait. because I also love Hamilton. You do? Uh oh, oh James. Oh. James, James, James. Oh, I'm reading. I'm reading the 800 page biography that that inspired. Are the you really? Man. Oh
1: my god, yeah. Elliot. And, oh. and, and not,
2: not only that. So a few years ago, when the Eagles, remember they did like the L.A. Seattle trip, yes. And they were out on the West Coast for a week. So this is when it was pretty early on, actually, from when I was dating my girlfriend Kristen, and she came on the trip with me, and we saw Hamilton oh, in L.A. Wow. And, and now. Yeah, and I've had the song stuck in my head. Like I literally walk around the house, my girlfriend wants to fucking kill me, and I'll just be like dun dun na, na, dun 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 like, Yeah, like all the time. Yeah. Hundred percent. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Like
1: oh, everybody should I'm go out. So watch excited. It. So, yeah. I literally so I watch it when it July fourth or whatever, that weekend when they put it on Disney Plus and I've listened to literally nothing else on Spotify for an entire
2: I yeah, all I listen to. I, I mean it's it's a phenomenal soundtrack. And it's, now I will say I think the first half is way better than the second oh, half. See, music vibes. I, I see.
1: I think I prefer the first half over the second half, but I don't. I wouldn't say way better. There's some real bangers in the second half. It's just the second half has some like more of the sadder parts of the show, which I think bring it down right. a little bit and stuff like that. Um, but I'm well, with no, you.
2: No, no spoilers. But no, no spoilers. So that's my
1: point. Uh, but I mean, dude, like also like as a 38 year old guy who was super into hip hop, I mean, it is like. It's like it's amazing. It's every. I mean, it's Biggie, Mob Deep, Wu Tang. Like, there's all this. Like, clear. I mean, he has a song called "The Ten Dual Commandments." Like,
2: have have you listened to the I uh, mean, Ten Crack Commandments? The I can sing every version. word of. You know, have, have you listened to the mixtape? I have version not. Of the, there's, I, a, I think oh, the Roots buddy. like did it. Oh, yeah. Buddy. Well, they they have they have a version of "Helpless" that has Ja Rule and Ashanti, which is so good. Yeah. And then they uh, not Throwing away my shot. I believe it's like Black Thought and the Roots that does it. It's It's very good. I mean, it's. I mean, you you are stepped into my wheelhouse with this. I'm so excited. I can't believe we've. Yeah, this is this is. uh, I love that we're doing it uh, over the microphones.
1: It's great. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm completely obsessed. It's just on so many levels. Just it's so amazing. It's it. Like the dude, just the pure amount of words that he fits into two and a half hours, and like rhyming words that you didn't like reticent inimitable and all these like words that i didn't think you could actually rhyme with other words and make sound good so so here's here's a
2: perfect way to end this so i've been really into reading uh this year actually last two years i've gotten really into reading so i would say about a month ago i bought the hamilton book i was so excited to buy it and i told my dad that he ordered a copy for me without me knowing and i also purchased it (laughs) so i have i have I have two copies of the book and I was gonna return one, but then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wait and give it to somebody. I'm gonna give it to you. Oh, you can have my extra copy yeah. in Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. I'm so, so excited. I'm happy I held on to it. Me too. Hopefully we see each other soon, but if not, I'll mail it to um, you. I'm so good. Yeah.
1: Just hang on to it. We'll hang out. We gotta make that happen. Um, that's awesome. I'm I'm actually really excited about that. It's super cool. It's uh, really it's really long,
2: but it's very good. I'm
1: in. I'm in. Well, um, this is awesome. I, I had a lot of fun. Um um like i said remember to. we said it before but if you're if you're into music and you want to you know send us a potential intro song we are in the market for an intro song so yes you know i would love yeah. if it was
2: reader or i guess listener submitted yeah, please it would be very that fun. would be really so. cool
1: so we'd love that let us know what you think about the logo um and uh we'll be back next week and uh we'll continue to uh to be here and um Who'd have thought the first uh, with the two of us would be an emergency pod? That's what happens. Oh, Elliot, yeah. we should have <laughs> so, like, seen so it we, coming. To be honest, I know
2: it was it was good. We'll have. I one was soon. actually and, so
1: um, I am I'm off this week. I took Tuesday through Friday off from from WIP, not from this, obviously, because I'm here right now. Um, but I was actually sleeping when all this happened. And I woke up to it. Yeah. I woke up to an emergency pod question mark text from Elliot, which is always a fun way to work out.
2: So. Yeah. I mean, might have been a little buzzkill once you figured out what it was, but still. It's all good. Unless, yeah, it's all good. It was all good. I was excited to just come down here and wake myself up with the
1: recording. So I think we did good. All right. Well, I will put the Hamilton book in the mail ah, today or tomorrow. So excited. All right. Uh, we will be back next week. He's Elliot. I'm James. Talk to you guys.